is the book? <laughs> I look this way. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Guys, it's just one of these days. <laughs> it's one of the burdens. <laughs> Let me see. Now I can sing with you guys. All right. All right, so before we have the sermon, um, first of all, I want to welcome you to our service this morning. Glad we are all able to worship our God and enjoy each other's fellowship this morning. Um, one thing I want to mention, too, when you are taking, um, I thought it was 30 seconds. Give, give a, what is it, give a, a second and you get two minutes or something. <laughs> so this morning we had a great time uh, greeting one another. But if you are sitting next to a visitor and you're greeting them, hand them one of these in the pews. If you don't have one, we got thousands more we can pass out. So we'll make sure we get those in the pews. But if you're a visitor, anytime um, you are visiting with us, we'd love for you to fill one of these out and put in the collection plate when you get the opportunity. But anyway, we're glad that we are here. And one, one more announcement. Um, it goes along the lines of what Brad was saying in his prayer and some of the things that were mentioned earlier with regard to the work that takes place here at Franklin. Because of our reaching out and sharing the gospel, word just gets out. And um, that said, last week I got a phone call from Bonnie Rodriguez. Um, and as I mentioned to you, it had been about six years since she'd been released. Well, she struggles because she wants to get out of her house. She basically is a hermit because she doesn't want to be around people who are drug addicts and that do other types of activity that would be criminal. And so she stays home a lot of it. And recently she met someone getting out of the house. And this person um, is named Ikema Mitchell. And this person had a stroke back in September of last year and has not been able to pay um, her rent. And so Bonnie was asking for help and was going to set up some kind of a GoFundMe and, and what have you. Long story short is I went ahead and set one up. For Ikema. And I did not check this morning to see what the update was. I think the last I saw was yesterday at $430. We're trying to raise $600. If you want to, to help donate toward that cause, go look at, our, at the Facebook page that I have, and it has directions on what you can do. And fortunately, um, there's a radio program that reached out to me from Alabama. A brother named Mark White has a program there, and, and so we sent something there. And hopefully after today, that, that will be met. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you because even in her ways, she is trying to, to help people in her ways. In fact, if you know of Bonnie's situation, um, she's really, really grown. If we, if we have been patient with her, you will have really seen her grow in the faith. I'll tell you right now, this is a, a lady who never had auto insurance. She's got auto insurance. You may think, well, what the big deal? That is like life-changing for someone like Bonnie Amen. to buy a car, get a license, and have auto insurance is a huge deal. And so now, even though she's doing that, she's taking the time to, I think she's given uh, Ikema about $100 of her own money. I think she doesn't have hardly $100 to spare. And so I'm just sharing with you, like the widow with two mites, that's Bonnie's life right now, and she is doing a great job. Even though she's got a lot of uh, ways to grow, uh, just be patient with your sister in Christ. And I think, Lord willing, she will be with us next Lord's Day. So she's going to be here. She's got a friend. His name is Noe, Hispanic uh, man. 
hardly speaks any English, but uh, the two of them will be here. We may have some others that will be worshiping with us next Lord's Day. Anyway, that said, this morning we're talking about burdens, right? And as was read in Hebrews chapter 12, there's a lot of things that weigh us down. And when we consider those things, sometimes we need perspective. And so I'm going to talk about things that are important to us, look at a passage from the first century and see what was it that allowed them with all the burdens that they were faced with to still live by faith. And then see how that translates back into our lives once again. So hopefully that will be something that you can see in your um, walk with God. But just for a moment, let's look at some of the list here. And by means, there's so many more things we could have put on here. All right? Think about it. We have children who get bullied at school. That's a huge burden for children to have. And if it's not being bullied, think of other things. You get teased because you look different, you act different, and so on and so forth. But that's a burden. There are children who have issues of burdens because of their grades. One kid says, man, I'm glad I got all C's. I'm doing great. And the next child has his or her first B plus, and life is coming to an end. Some may laugh, but I've known children who have committed suicide over it. It's a burden. You have the feeling of being left out, whether it's at school or whether it's in society or whether it's right here in this building. For all that everyone was saying hello to one another, you still have individuals that may feel like, I don't feel like I'm in. I feel like I'm out. Right? We may talk generally as a congregation, but what about the specifics? So you have that. You have those that go through life with guilt. And that guilt can be because of sin. But that's a burden. Like, I'm here and everyone's all happy, but I'm struggling with my walk with God because of guilt. Maybe because of last week's sermon, right? When I've got doubts in my walk with God, like, really, does God exist? Or maybe I do believe that God exists, but how can I really know that these scriptures are in fact true because it's not jiving with my mind, right? So we've got guilt. We've got question marks, and those become burdens upon our individual lives. You have individuals that, that as parents are way down, we're coming to church, um, or we're living uh, throughout the week, and we have rebellious children, and we're wondering, how am I going to get through life? Because I am having a hard time with, with my child, or maybe with my parents. There are children that go through life with abusive parents, including in the body of Christ. And that's a huge burden that is being faced with. Right? So the list can go on and on, right? Whatever the, the situation is, there's a ton of things that take place. In other words, what we're saying is life can get heavy. Right? And sometimes what we do so that life is not so heavy is we laugh. We kind of get maybe like, maybe it's therapeutic that we get away from the heaviness of life. And for a moment, even if it's just for a moment, I can enjoy life. I can talk to you, and how's life? Everything's going real good. I lied to you just now, but it really is going good to your face. 
right? Because I don't want to deal with life. It's too burdensome right now, right? Anyone ever feel like that? Yeah, lots of us. So these are the things that take place. Life can feel very, very heavy. So here's the thing. Sometimes when we're going through these burdens, we feel like we're the only ones. In the very moment that we're going through whatever heavy burdens, right, of the previous slide that we looked at, we may feel like we're the only ones going through it. And yet, if we were to take the time and just open up, be completely transparent, I don't doubt if every single person has some kind of burden. They, life may be generally going well, but some kind of burden that can easily weigh them down. Right? So we're not the only ones, though, because everyone is doing that. When we had read for us Hebrews chapter 12, I want you to go back to that text again and reread what was being said there in light of these burdens. Okay? Because that's going to lead into this context that we're talking about that hopefully we can be edified by or through. So Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to reread the text. I want you to read it with me and slow down, kind of soak in why the author is saying what he's saying here. One more time. Hebrews 12, verse 1, following. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set before us looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. If you listen, I emphasize certain words intentionally. Because sometimes when we're reading this passage, what we focus on is lay aside every weight. And then we might go, oh yeah, and the sin that easily ensnares us and then run with endurance. But if you look closely again at the text... The author says, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. In fact, it says, therefore, since we are, that gives us a lot of insight to what we just read prior to. And if you remember Hebrews chapter 11, that is going to be, if I'm not mistaken, right, Phil, um, heroes of faith. Is that our VBS that we talked about? Or maybe I should look to the ladies. Okay, the ladies. <laughs> right, heroes of faith. A lot of those heroes of faith, we get right there in Hebrews chapter 11. The chapter of faith, right? And so we're talking about individuals who had burdens, right? They also had burdens. What did they do with those burdens? How did they handle those burdens? How did they go through life? And those are the things that when we look at, we can see that. We can look at Abel, Enoch, Noah. Think about it. All we have is a measly few verses about Abel, right, in the Old Testament, let alone the New Testament. He had burdens. Can you imagine living with a brother who despises you? And what you're trying to do is walk with God. 
Enoch, same thing. Think about it. 65 years, he's living his life probably ensnared with his own sins, ensnared being weighed down with the things of life. But then for 300 years, he walks with God. Life is easier because you're walking with God? Not easier, in some ways more difficult because you're walking with God. Think about all the individuals walking with God. It's not easier, maybe better of a life, but not easier of a life. So we go through all this list and we talk about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Jacob, Moses, the Israelites, Rahab, and you go on and on. Imagine what it's like to be in their shoes. And what we often do is we gloss over their burdens and all we look at was, wow, what great faith they had. Oh, I wish we could be like them. I've heard it. I wish I could be, I wish I could have their faith. Such amazing faith. Brethren, the same thing that's written of them can be written about us. But what's our burdens likened unto? And what were their burdens likened unto? And when we look at some of those things, it gives us insight into how we can live like them. Even if our context, our cultural context is very different because we're thousands of years removed. So here's the thing. In Hebrews 12, when, when the author says, let us also lay aside every weight and encumbrance of, and sin, that's the key. What did they do to live by faith? They laid aside those weights. Now that I'm looking at Brent, who loves to run. Brent, do you run with weights? Okay. <laughs> Some people are actually crazy. They run with weights, but, but not much of weights, but little, you know, ankles, wrists, whatever. But no, you don't run with weights because that slows you down. It makes it more difficult. In fact, sorry for Christian ears, but runners, when they run long distance running, they run, they run with as little clothing as possible. Keep the weights down. That's what they do. That's what runners do, right? Because you don't want to be ensnared. You don't want to be tangled up. You don't want to be weighed down because it's difficult. That's the concept. They're laying aside things so that they can run well with endurance. So when we're talking about the things about um, school grades or when we're feeling left out or we've got parents that are this way. How do you lay aside every weight? Sometimes it's a matter of things that you can do on your own end. There are things that you can do to lay aside weight. You know, if we are saying, man, I'm struggling in my prayer life. But I'm on Facebook 17 hours a day. Well, maybe you can cut a few hours of Facebook and you can have a better prayer life. Or I struggle that um, I, you know, I'm not being with, with the group here. But what can you do? You can lay aside weight and, and help the cause. And some are going to say, and this is going into the nuance now, and I don't want to go too far into the nuance because I want to hit the general. The nuance can be, but I struggle with, and you might have, quote unquote, social anxiety. Because I've come to know brethren over the last 25 years, and 25 years ago I didn't know what social anxiety was, 
But now in hindsight, I've talked to individuals from, even when we lived in Georgia, with social anxiety. Some things that is so debilitating, you feel like, well, I can't. I, I don't know what to do on my end. So how else do you lay aside weight? And therein lies the idea of faith. When you lean upon God and God works in and through not only your life, but the lives surrounding your life. It's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. And in some sense of a, a term, it can seem miraculous how God can change the circumstances in such a manner as so as to help you in that context of whatever you're weighed down by, beyond your control. Faith does that. Faith moves mountains, we are told in Scripture. And so it is this concept of faith that, that we need to have, have things that we can do by faith, um, whether it's on our end or in trusting in our God, that helps us lay aside every encumbrance as well as sin. So that said, here's what takes place. We, we know that when it comes to laying aside every weight, there are things that we can do. But you know what is the greatest blessing that I see in the body of Christ? It's the body of Christ. Whereupon the blood of Jesus that Ben was talking to us about this morning, that saves him and transforms his life, saves me and transforms my life. And guess what happens to each other? We're both transformed believers, and we can now help each other. Because life is hard by yourself. Life is a little bit less hard with someone else. <coughs> right? Marriage relationship, same way. Parent-child relationship, same way. By yourself, hard. With, not against, but with each other, a little bit easier. In some cases, a whole lot easier more bold in what you do, more joy in what you do. It's more abundant in what you do, right? So God blessed us with others in his kingdom, those who have their own burdens, right? So just because Ben's life is transformed and my life is transformed doesn't mean that Ben doesn't have his burdens. He still has them. Maybe you have a new set of burdens by virtue of being in Christ. I've got my burdens, but guess what? I open up to Ben because I love him, and he opens up to me because he loves me. And we're like, man, Mitch, I didn't know you were going through that. I'm glad you opened up to me and shared with me these things. Kind of like some of the things that, that we've been talking about in our um, various Bible studies that we have going on in the congregation right now. When brethren are opening up to each other. And how that helps us to pray for one another more specifically, more intentionally, more intensely. Because we have one another. And therein lies what Paul is saying, right? When he says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, you who are spiritual, restore such a one who is walking in sin. They've got burdens. And then he tells them to share in each other's burdens and so fulfill what? The law of Christ. The greatest commandment as you love one another is when you share in each other's burdens. That call to action in the prayer that Brad led for us, sharing in burdens is it. That's one of those very things that you can physically do to help. <coughs> Who do you share your burdens with? How do you share your burdens? It really sh sheds light on your character 
and your circumstance, right? Here we are brethren, right? Let us go to all those, especially the household of faith, Galatians 6 verse 10, right? So how are we treating our brothers and sisters in Christ, the very ones that God has blessed us in the kingdom with? But we don't do that unless we humble ourselves. It's hard for us to open up, especially if, like, for instance, just keeping it real here, uh, this place is more formal. And while we can have a good time and, and say hi to each other and, and have well wishes and what have you, we don't get deep here at the building. It's all superficial. I, and I, don't, I mean that generally speaking because some of us get deep. <laughs> so we kind of open up our hearts. But most, and by and large, we, you know, how are you? Great weather. What was Hawaii like? All, all kinds of stuff like that. Right? It's when you get out of this building and you look at each other in the eye and the tears start rolling down the face and you're really pouring your heart out. Right? When we look at passages like 1 um, Corinthians chapter 10 or James chapter 5, I thought James chapter 5 was on this, slot, on this slide. You do that when you open up with one another. Because we're trying to run with endurance, but, but God gave us each other to help one another. So flip the tables around a little bit. Because while we are Christians and God is transforming us in, in the renewing of our minds, we still live in this thing called flesh. And Ben was saying in his um, talk this morning that we've got a lot of sins. I mean, he's talking, he's talking to Christians about Christians, not non-believers, talking about all of our sins. And when we start opening our eyes to every nuance of our lives, we can see pride, selfishness, the greed, jealousy, and envy. It all comes out. And we see that whether it's husband-wife relationship, parent-child relationship, sibling relationship, brotherly, um, brethren relationship, things that go on in the workplace, whatever the, the situations may be, Right? And then as a result of that, while we're supposed to have these transformed lives, we kind of let the flesh get back into it and then add to our burdens rather than relieve each other's burdens. So we do things like wrongfully judging in a condemnatory fashion rather than a godly fashion, right? Rather than judging righteously, we judge in a condemnatory fashion, and we're told that's, that's wrong. What that does is like when I condemn you and you condemn me in a wrongful manner, it only adds to our burdens. We're like... It's hard enough for me to walk with my God and have people in the world that I'm at odds with because of our lifestyles, but now I'm at odds with my own brother and sister in Christ. When we despise each other, Romans 14, right? Someone ate meat, someone didn't eat meat, someone marketplace, someone not at the marketplace, and, and we're like, oh, you're one of those Christians. And we despise each other, adding to our burdens rather than relieving those burdens. Sharing those burdens. Or when we take advantage of each other. In fact, this passage I want you to actually go to. Those previous two are very familiar. But 2 Timothy 3, I want you to see that text because that's not one that we think of often enough. I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and note the very thing that is so crucial of what takes place. Because in the body of Christ, you're going to have individuals that come in secretly. And we think, how is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. It, ha it happens. Here's what happens. I'm going to back up, pick up in verse 1 and read through verse 6. 
Understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, burdens, if you will. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, and not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Does it sound like today? Remember, understand this, in latter days, there will come times of difficulty, and this is what's going to take place. This is what, in fact, does take place even within the body of Christ, where God is supposed to be transforming our lives. Paul says to Timothy, avoid such people. In our modern, non-religious context, get rid of the negativity is what we're told. Because these negativities that come in the form of human beings weigh you down. Without going um, into detail, one of the big takeaways for me personally in my relationship with our elders, listening to these men talk about the work of the Lord here, brethren, sometimes I wonder if we, if we could just have those Meetings that are private, meetings that are very important and in some ways confidential because of, of the discussions that need to take place. I wish they could be public. So I'll say this. One of the things that was encouraging for me to no end was, you know, we look back and reflect as shepherds of the flock and see times where we need to call sin, sin as shepherds. And deal with things because we love souls. We don't want to, we don't want to um, just rush in and make judgment or hasty judgment. We want to be long-suffering, right? You want to give the benefit of the doubt to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And while that is so beautiful and wonderful, sometimes as a result, you can let sin continue. And so it was, it was very encouraging for me to hear, we, you know, we have to deal with sin that way. And of course, everyone is like, of course. I mean, all brethren are going to say yes. But what, what happens when life actually takes place? What, how do you handle it? Are you tolerant? Are you too tolerant? Are you not tolerant enough? How are you dealing with the burdens of someone else? Right? And so what I loved about that was... How we can build each other up, but yet be accountable to each other. Because the thing is, when sin continues, it weighs us further and further down. And then all of a sudden, without realizing it, the work of our Lord becomes stagnant. And we're more concerned about all the stuff that is right surrounding us, weighing us down, rather than having this weight shed from us so we can actually get about the real business of our king. And therein lies what we're talking about here. When we take advantage of each other, we can even do it to the point of causing each other to sin. In fact, 
Look at verse 6 of 2 Timothy 3. We're looking at verse 5. Look at verse 6 now. And he says here in verse 6, there are among them those who creep into households, capture weak women, burdened with sin. See they're burdened again? You got people already burdened with their own sins, let alone the things of life. And now we have others coming in like wolves and taking advantage of them. Christians not helping Christians. Christians killing Christians. Brethren, these are the things that we'll be judged for. These are the things that, that cause our souls to be condemned. And these are Christians whose souls are going to be condemned. So the thing is, when we get back to this concept of, of lifting one another's burdens, sharing one another's burdens, multiple questions, but we're focused on two for now. Are we, quote unquote, loving enough? What I mean by loving enough, it's not just... Oh, I love you. Hug you. Love you enough to share your burden. Love you enough to call it like it is, to say you need to straighten up your life. Right? You've got burdens. I've got burdens. How can we help each other? But we need to have that love for one another so that when we have a loving enough and open enough relationship that we can actually air out differences. We can actually air out things so that we can be unified. Now, guess what? I trust you the way I trust my Lord because you look like my Lord. You look like my Savior. You look like Jesus Christ. And now I can open up to you saying, I'm struggling with this burden. Can you pray for me? Because James 5 verse 16, sometimes we only use it in a legal sense of, okay, you know, this gives us authority to have um, public confession of sins. But I don't even think that was the context, public confession of sins. It is the matter of, hey, when you are sick, call for your shepherds. Let them pray over you. Why? Because these are individuals who have godly relationships. They have a godly reputation, and they will share your burden. And we are told within that vein of context that the fervent forever righteous man avails much. Why? Because then you share the burden. The burden is lessened and now you can go on and actually flourish. Flourish in your walk with God. And we're going to get to what that flourishing looks like in a second. Are we humble enough to do it? You know that pride? The eagle? The things that keep us from... from Taking that wall and lowering it down and, and being vulnerable. That's, ben, that's, I really love when you speak because you get vulnerable. I really do. It's encouraging. You open up to people who are vulnerable because they've opened up to you. When the answer is yes and we share each other's burdens, here's what happens. The name of Jesus is magnified. God is glorified and we are edified. That's what happens. It's a beautiful gift. Think about it. We come from all kinds of different walks of life, rich and poor, right? Country and city, cultural backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds. And what can we do when we come together and, and open up our lives this way? 
Well, we can share each other's burdens and we get to see God being increased. And when God is increased, now watch out because some beautiful things are about to take place. It's like this photo. About a month ago, it wasn't this sheep. This is Chris the sheep. Chris died, I think, a year and a half ago. Before Chris was Shrek the sheep. Shrek the sheep is what some of you saw on Facebook. Shrek died 15 years ago, sorry to say. But um, Shrek the sheep is the, the one where a lot of people have taken um, photos of and did uh, various articles writing about the concept of sin. But Chris, back in 2015, was found after six years wandering away from the fold. And here's what six years wandering away from the fold looks like. Mini soapbox. Mini soapbox. There are sheep, uh, not sheep shearers, but the people who are anti-sheep shearers. <laughs> like, don't shear sheep. It's, it's inhumane. Uh, here's what happens when you don't shear sheep. They get weighed down. Weighed down to the point disease can happen, but more importantly, predators happen. Predators can easily go after sheep like this. And if not predators, you know what happens to sheep, right? Eventually, they go and reach down. They move into a rocky place. They lose their footing, and they get cast. They get upside down, and they cannot get back up. And now they're going to die without a predator. Within hours, they suffocate because air gets into their stomachs, and they suffocate. So sheep, sheep shearers come along, and about once a year, they shear the sheep. Six years and up shearing, 89 pounds, world record. Chris the sheep. Imagine how heavy that burden was for this sheep. Now take that and make a metaphorical equivalent of how heavy the burden it was for this sheep. The sheep of God with sins. The sheep of God with the cares of this world, Right? I have such huge finances. I've got this huge mortgage. I've got all these cars to pay for. I've got all these vacations to pay for. I max out on my credit cards. I'm barely making ends meet, even though I make $300,000 a year. These are real things. This happens to us. We do it because we think we're doing good decisions. That's just one aspect. There's so many more aspects. I'm just giving you one slice of the pie of burdens that we have that affect every other aspect of our walk. And there are many of us that go through this and no one else knows what's going on. When we talked about this type of burden, I used the illustration when I went to Haiti, whereupon one third of the congregation went forward at the end of the church service. One third of the congregation this whole section right here would make about one-third of the group right here coming up, coming forward. And someone says, I slept with my wife this morning. I mean, not, 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 I slept with my wife. They were like, all right, good. good. Um, I slept with another person. I committed adultery. Pray for me because I want my wife's forgiveness I want to be pure in my relationship with my spouse. Today, we would think, you did what? And over there, they're like, I'm, 
I'm asking for prayers, for strength. Help me to be accountable so that I can walk worthy as a husband and as a man of God. Right? And brethren are there praying for this brother, sharing in his burden. And they're going to pray for his wife because she now has a burden. But they're open about it. I thought it was beautiful. The next photo I'm not going to show you. There's no photo that I'm going to show you. But the next photo I, I intended to put up here was one where you saw this sheep having been shorn. And it's so freeing. I can imagine now in my mind's eye, aside from arthritis setting in, this weight being lifted. And that sheep just bouncing all over the place. So happy to be free, delivered, unburdened. Here's what happens. These are people that are regarded as people of faith. And you're going to wonder, what in the world? These are people in Hebrews 11, verses 32 through 40. Conquered kings, acts of righteousness. They were tempted, put foreign armies to flight. They were tortured, but they obtained promises. They escaped the sword. They shut the mouths of lions. They were stoned, sawn in two, and yet they came through it. How? Individuals that shut the mouths of lions had to first go into the den of lions. Right? The people who were sawn in two, they didn't want their lives that way. Imagine their family members, what it caused them as far as burdens. And yet, why are they listed in this book or chapter of faith? Because they laid those weights aside. And I'm going to see the ultimate picture of how that weight is laying aside. And the thing is, when we lay the weight of things that entangle us aside, it really changes the game for us. So notice this. I'm not sure my slide's not working. You lay it at the feet of Jesus. Right? Jesus says, all you who are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, you, upon me. Right? Take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. What you have is so much more burdensome. I'll share your burden. That's what Jesus is saying. And those of us in the image of God, that's what we are emulating, Jesus, where we share each other's burdens. If you're wanting to have a life that where your burdens are eased, it doesn't mean that you won't have burdens. And the world actually looks at your burdens as being great because, I mean, sawn in two? I'd say that's a pretty heavy burden. If I don't give my life to Jesus, I'll never get sawn in two, so I think. If I never live for Jesus, I won't be persecuted for righteousness' sake, for his name's sake. Life can be so much easier. What is this light burden you talk about? We only get about, what, 80 years, 85 years in this world on average some of us don't even make it 85 seconds in this world. Some of us live to be 100 and 
10 plus, and maybe not even wanting to because of the burdens. But those burdens are nothing compared to the fact of not being with God. That burden is so great. And God is promising you deliverance from your sins. God is promising you a deliverance from the cares of this world. Come to him. And when you come to him, think about everyone else who has also done the same thing. They've come to him. And now you're in this kingdom where if we start shedding off this old man of sin and we start walking with our God, what does that look like when we see each other with burdens? Because we look like Jesus where we see those who are in need and we help them. The burden of being imprisoned or naked or thirsty or hungry, whatever that may be. Maybe it's the burden of feeling left out. Maybe it's the burden of I'm, I'm, I'm suffering anxiety. Maybe it's the burden of my, I got bad grades and I, I want to do good. And, and you are the person that says, I love math. Remember that sermon a few weeks ago? I'm the guy that loves math. You guys hate it. I love it. I can work with you. I can share your burden. I'm a marriage counselor. This is what I do, and, and I can help you, and I can help your spouse, right? Or I'm financially wealthy. Let me take care of your rent because you're struggling. You see how we are sharing each other's burdens? We look like Jesus now. How beautiful that is. If you're not in the kingdom, these are the fringe benefits when we look like Jesus and begin to share each other's burdens in a very real way consistently throughout our walk and lives are transformed. And all of a sudden now, we're not worried about my grades. We're not worried about um, my anxiety. We're not worried about our marriage. You know what we're worried about now? Other souls with those burdens that are in darkness that need Jesus, need his deliverance. Beautiful transformation. We're able to share the gospel in that way. So are you heavy laden? If you're heavy laden as a brother or sister in Christ, bring your burdens before us. If you are able and vulnerable enough. If you're not, that's okay too. Maybe go see the elders and go back in the room and we'll pray with you. If you hear and you're not a child of God, you have the heaviest burden of all. You're lost in your sins. You are a cast, heavy-laden individual. But Jesus wants to take that burden and have it wiped away. That's the whole beautiful blessing of that watery grave of Jesus. That old man of sin washed away. You're nice, new, clean. You got new priestly Christian garments. And hopefully a lot less burdens. It's that lightness that you can, I don't know, be skipping along a sidewalk. You're so happy that you're in Christ now. That can be you right now. If you want that, take advantage of this opportunity while we sting and stand and sing this song. We'll sing our